This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Open Table. This is a show which wants to break down barriers. We want to build bridges and weave the fabric of a cohesive society. Welcome to another episode of Open Table with me, your host, Hafsa Ahmed. Today, our topic of discussion is the role of faith in a secular society. This discussion came about uh, following the Royal Commission of Inquiries report. And today I will be talking with Robert Hunt about this report in its entirety and also looking for ways forward. For those who do not know the reason behind the Royal Commission inquiry, I'll just outline very briefly what was the purpose of the Royal Commission's inquiry. So the it was initiated 10 days after the devastating attack of 15th of March 2019 on two mosques in Christchurch. And the terms of reference that were set by the government were to investigate three broad areas of action, first related to the individual, the second related to the public sector agencies and any changes that could prevent such attacks in, in the future. This report, this inquiry looked in detail at uh, a lot of evidence and there was forensic examination of a lot of details but it also led to expansive thinking around the systems and institutions set up to protect and connect New Zealanders. So with that background, I would now like to invite Robert Hunt to, to just give us a little bit more about what he thinks about the Royal Commission of Inquiries report. Kia ora, Robert. Oh, kia ora, Hafsa. Thank you uh, for that good introduction. Um, my background um, context for speaking with you today is, is the friendship that we have through the interfaith um, aspect of our lives, uh, here, particularly here in Otatahi. I'm from the Buddhist community, chair of New Zealand Buddhist Council. Um, so I have connections and some understanding of how Buddhists find it to be in this society. And uh, I've observed um, from that position, uh, the reactions and responses of communities, some of whom are migrant communities um, within our Buddhist world uh, to the events that shocked us all and have led to what you referred to as some expansive thinking 
um, we are all growing in our understanding provoked by very traumatic events of March the 15th, 2019. So Hafsa, I'd start by saying that anyone discussing this, we need to start with, with that sense of the listening that brings peace to honor the Shuhada who passed away on that day. Um, I think it's our duty to proceed with integrity and concern for a better and safer future. And that is the way that the Royal Commission addressed itself. Um, also concerned for the injured and bereaved. Um, we are talking about people of faith who belonged to a faith community and were attacked during faith practice. Um, so this is one of the aspects we must keep in mind in, in discussing this. Um, before the Royal Commission began its work, the wider community responded to those events with a strong collective realization. We realized that sincere connection, what you could call the love that does not other, uh, was the medicine, the healing of the social fabric that was needed above all else. And so with the deeply generous spirit of the Islamic people of Otatahi, this was made possible for us to begin to express that type of love. And uh, Hafsa, as we know, in, in our years of rich interfaith dialogue, each of the world religions has a core set of values. And these include respect for human life and offering compassion, living honestly and charitably and caring for each other. These values are central in all the faiths, major faiths that I have met. Um, the religious practices vary, but when practiced authentically, these faith traditions nourish that part of us that seeks peace and understanding. So with that in mind, um, what did the Royal Commission do? It listened to many people with an interest in a safer, more united society. Uh, it engaged with their concerns as to how the government should act. And as far as I can see, they did a great job at both diagnosis and prescription. Hmm. So um, how would you like to go from here in terms of discussing the Royal Commission's work? Um, I've read a good deal of the report and there are certain areas that stand out to me yeah. as important, particularly the, the forward-looking matters of social cohesion. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to focus on, um, Robert. Because, uh, and I think, thank you very much for that. Um, you know, for the for the for the prelude that you've given here around the years of you know rich interfaith conversations that we've been having here in Otatahi, and uh, and and obviously you've got great knowledge and understanding around these interfaith dialogues because of the position you hold with the New Zealand Buddhist Council. So my focus today, I wanted to focus more on uh, the last part of the Royal Commission's recommendations, 
which uh, are about improving social cohesion and New Zealand's response to our increasingly diverse population. We are aware that, you know, one of the ways that this was going to be achieved as recommended and the government chose to adopt all the recommendations, all the 42, rec 42 44 recommendations, yeah, 44 recommendations in principle of this report. One of them was the establishment of a specific agency which would focus on ethnic communities. But there was also a point in here where we are going to recommendations number 36 and 37. And I'm going to read these out. Okay, so, good. So, mm. we, so, the, so our listeners are aware what we are actually focusing on. So uh, recommendation number 36 talks about invest in opportunities for young New Zealanders to learn about their role, rights and responsibilities, and on the value of ethnic and religious diversity, inclusivity, conflict resolution, civic literacy, and self-regulation. And then we have recommendation number 37, which says create opportunities for regular public conversations led by the responsible minister, the Minister for Social Development and Employment for all New Zealanders to share knowledge and improve their understanding of A, social cohesion, including social inclusion and the collective effort required to achieve these, and B, the value that ethnic and religious diversity can contribute to a well-functioning society. So um, if and I, I, I could make a comment that the first part of, part of this recommendation, which was about ethnic communities is being addressed well with the new Ministry of Ethnic Communities being established. But I think I'd like to focus more on, and because we are, uh, Open Table has been focusing on interfaith dialogue and discussion. Now, even before we go into this recommendation, I think what, what I'd like to know is what do you think is the role of faith in a New Zealand, in New Zealand? Right, well, Hafsa, it's a broad question. And I would say that the word faith is taken a little differently by different people. So we probably need to explore that word a little. Um, I think most people realize that the word faith implies a complete trust in something. Mm. Um, however, how that plays out can vary. And uh, so I'll, make, I'll just make some comments or talk about some other ways of defining the word faith. Um, this one that I wrote, which is an unreserved opening in a context of trust, where we have faith, meaning reliance on our spirituality. However, for those who don't focus on cultivating a spiritual aspect of their life, they sometimes think that any time someone uses the word faith, they're talking about blind faith, the faith that the impossible becomes possible. Um, and in fact, there is that perennial wish that people have for something miraculous. Um, however, for those of us um, engaged seriously in 
um, spiritual cultivation, the focus of our sustained spirituality is on our inner life and what can change there. And the real miracles that we see are where a quality of mind is developed or heart, if you like, such that self-transcendence and things such as forgiveness become possible. That's the type of miraculous that takes our first attention. So we have faith when we develop confidence in the principled way of living that our wisdom tradition teaches. So that's a kind of workable definition for me. Um, trust in a wisdom community, trust in our community of belief, trust in our spiritual practices. Um, th this is the kind of working sense of faith. Um, for some, you know, the peak wisdom lies in nothing that cannot be proven by science shall be in my life mm. for others there have been religious experiences that give them confidence in the religious teaching um, in each case though whether you're in a um, uh, community of belief with atheists or whether you're in um, an evangelical religious community just perhaps to portray um, what might be two extremes. Um, in either case, the involvement in that community and the dialogues that take place um, and the support in challenging times rests on core values. Mm. So faith is uh, a matter of trust and also understanding and working with core values. Mm, mm. For me, I'd say, I'd say faith relates that we identify in some way. Um, in Buddhism, we um, put least a little less stress on the matter of belief um, and put a bit more stress on the matter of practice. Mm. Um, but whichever it is, we develop roots through our faith context and the purpose of those roots is not to separate us but so that we can reach upward and outward mm. live, live better lives so does that that so that's a little about um uh, interpreting the word faith where should we go with that hafsa I think there were quite a few points that you made, Robert, in here. One of them was um, the the element of trust, which is which is what we're trying to achieve in communities, isn't it? We are yes. trying to achieve trust within each other. And then you spoke about a point right at the beginning uh, when we were talking, when we just started the discussion about that sincere connection which we are trying to build with each other. And also the idea that um, it, it is about if even if we say, however we define faith, if we define it through a, a religious uh, belief system, we, we need to be able to respect each other for our diversity of religious belief. So, and, and I gather that all of these are part of what is what we want to call as that spiritual cultivation for us to become better versions of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
and and we can see that by doing that which is the you know having that religious respect for each other would would allow us to actually have a better and a socially cohesive um, Aotearoa New Zealand where we respect each other for that so that then brings to the next point where we are saying that the recommendations and I'm going to focus more on the recommendations because I can see that the Royal Commission has instructed the government to 36 and 37, and this has been put in bold, invest in opportunities for young New Zealanders to learn about their role. So we're talking about, you know, and their responsibilities on ethnic and religious diversity. And mm -hmm. then the, the Royal Commission has also instructed the government to create opportunities for regular public conversations to showcase the value of religious diversity. That's yes, how that, I'm doing it. Right. So that's something that is very difficult if the government doesn't have an understanding first of the value that faith traditions bring an understanding of the needs that are met by faith communities. Uh, to date, uh, I feel that understanding is um, a little lacking. Um, politicians may offer their inspiring moments and their leadership with fine words about unity. Um, but if they divert this conversation about faith into being a conversation um, or this conversation about religious diversity into being a conversation um, always about ethnicity, um, then in some ways that, that's, that's feeding um, a, uh, a difficulty, making it like faith is somehow taboo to, to be um, unpacked and looked at mm -hmm. so which i want to come back to and and i will come back to faith you know the the concept that you know faith is a is a is a topic or religion is a topic we don't want to talk about which becomes our taboo topic because of various reasons uh, in our communities but we'll come back to that question but i want okay. to go back to the point where you said that the government needs to develop an understanding of the value of religious diversity so i want to just pick your brains around that particular area in terms of how do you think that can be done how do you think we can create how the government can create an opportunity for people and for themselves to understand the value religious diversity brings, because I, it is clear they don't understand that yet. No, well, we've had some support. Um, there was some support from Ethnic Communities Development Fund for a meeting that we had in Dunedin, um, where we brought together the the different members of ethnically diverse Buddhist communities mm. um, just a, a month ago. Um, however, uh, what's lacking is um, a sense of um, coming to those communities and asking um, what is it like 
um, what what is what is your experience of being governed in New Zealand? Um, what is your experience? What are the challenges that you face? Um, there were some hui that were designed in 2020 um, that were meant to address those things, but when they came to it, they were steered away from um, making any recommendations to government. Um, and we were told to sort of look at each other, um, which we were doing already. So it was a strange experience. Um, what's important is that anything that is done is designed um, with the wisdom of those communities involved. Um, if, if you come in from the outside, particularly to these matters where people's core identification is involved and you have a prescriptive approach, um, a cattle herding approach, um, let's get everybody in a room and make them talk about topic A, um, this just simply doesn't work. Because um, what where we're going, what, what we need to be doing um, is allowing uh, those that within religious and faith communities um, across the spectrum um, who can tell the story and the, um, uh, the values that they hold um, to be able to express something to other faith communities and to those in other communities of belief um, where you're engaged in a human sharing, where you're saying um, what takes place for people in our community. Um, it, 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 all of it is about ending the matter of othering. Because after all, you know, where, where do the things such as extremism arise? They arise from fear of the unknown mm. and, and wounding. Um, from no trust in society uh, and the stereotyping um, that that is fed by divisive rhetoric. So to start to create an inclusive um, social dialogue, you can see why the commission has recommended that. Um, to do that, you need a hui in the genuine sense of a hui not a hui as in relabeling um, a meeting um, that is tone controlled, um, but rather one where, where the voices of the natural leaders from the different communities can come forward um, in response to the situation that we all find ourselves in. Mm. Sometimes government, sometimes politicians, especially, but also officials feel they, are, they have to carry this, this burden of um, we've got to figure out what we are going to do to fix something. But actually in this situation, what they need, the mentality that they need is we've got to figure out how to start by actually listening. Mm and uh, showing up is the first part of that. Um, 
I know from working with different Buddhist communities that there is no respect um, if you just suddenly arrive and say, we want you to do X, Y, and Z. You need to show up at times that matter um, and develop familiarity. So there's a human networking, there's a listening that's required, and these things, these concerns, um, we're beginning to address them um, in our interfaith way with or without the government. However, we do wish to hold the government to account as they have said that they will, will indeed follow mm. through on the Commission's recommendations. Mm. And I think you've you've highlighted something very important here that you know you you've talked about the the idea that there needs to be engagement to with the religiously diverse communities to gather their experiences and to also have those opportunities to tell the stories of the communities plus creating that human sharing experience because and like you've really pointed out absolutely uh, I think that that was the essence of the you know the hui that was held for related to extremism and counterterrorism highlighting that the whole idea of extremism and the reason 15th of March happened was that there was a certain rhetoric about the 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 faith and again I want to emphasize the religion Islam not being the the not setting well with the with this with the country like New Zealand or with the Western values and hence there was the question of they are not part of us and that has led to the 15th of March 2019 attacks. So going to the point of where we need to establish those connections and listen more to each other in, in and again, you know, in a more in, in a way where we are actually listening to each other to learn rather than to find a solution and fix it all. That is so critical because again, we we can we can keep inviting people to meetings where we believe we are actually having a, a conversation, but maybe it's just a point where we are not listening, but just making everyone feel that they are being listened to. Yes, well, there's always this matter of um having the sufficient sufficient respect and sufficient listening as a starting point. You you mentioned the, the recent um hui on security issues in Christchurch. Um it, it wasn't clearly wasn't a priority for uh, the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet to establish um a, a spectrum of faith representatives um as parties to attend that meeting. There were some invitations issued to chair people of interfaith councils. Um, however, that did not result in anyone from the Buddhist community being able to attend. Mm. Um, so we have these issues of inclusion and exclusion and um, if, if the officials involved haven't taken the time 
to research or even in fact to take advice from interfaith councils um, before they compile their invitation lists <laughs> this is going to be trouble from the beginning in terms of that sense of inclusion um, because it, it, it's a lot of this is is about um, actually understanding how faith communities have this vital linking role already that they are maintaining part of what you can call a socially inclusive society that simply isn't understood mm. and i think that goes back to the whole point that you made robert about listening and engaging to to hear our stories because and experiences and our challenges Whereas the the approach that traditionally exists is where we want to um, do, how are we going to fix this by doing something? And sometimes the doing isn't the crucial part, it's the how are we going to engage and listen, which is the crucial part. Indeed. I think that that really touches back to a principle that is understood by um, what you could call people of faith, which is that the how really matters. Um, I mean, that comes back to the fact that the values are central and, um, you know, the public in Otatahi and in other places around the country recognised um, that, that um, mounting a traditional response such as has happened after terrorist incidences and instances in many places around the world of, of you know, responding with um, stronger, aggressive security measures was not what was going to make us safe. What was going to make us safe um, was to change, was to listen better, was to express um, that love that does not other so that is the principle, you know, um, the means do matter. Um, it's well expressed, of course, um, that kind of love by St. Paul in his famous letter to the Corinthians. Love is patient, love is kind, not jealous, not pompous, not inflated, all of those things so well describing the type of temperament that we need to, to enter these dialogues. Mm. In the Buddha's teachings in verse 5 of the ancient Dhammapada, he says, uh, hatred is never appeased by means of hatred. Mm. Only by a heart free of hatred can it end. This is an unending truth. Mm. So we find the same thing in, in many of these teachings. And we are concerned with how um and that matter that's the word is floated around you know engagement um and and let's actually say well what does this mean we all value that we live in a secular society in the sense that it's not one religion or another religion or, or holding some kind of undue political influence mm. That's great. None of us, none of this is about challenging that in any sense whatsoever. What engagement about is about is understanding and finding the correct means 
to support social cohesion, to support peace, to support what allows us to feel all to feel that we belong in this society, that we are not othered. Yes. So, so that that's tricky, isn't it? How do you not other people if you tokenize them? You've automatically othered them. <laughs> yeah, and I and I think that you know the, the points that you've just made about the, the 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 scriptures, the different scriptures, and the letter of um, Paul. And oh, and I'm just going to quote very briefly one verse from the Quran that that again yes. says that we have made you into nations and tribes, that you may know each other. So again, the whole the whole uh, concept here is about understanding and engaging so we know that we are different yet we are able to respect that and not other each other mm. which is which is again the you know the whole crux of trying to achieve social cohesion so 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 faith communities probably already have these in our scriptures around and we were probably practicing these as part of practicing a particular religion or a particular faith that we believe is true or or part of our spirituality if we say if we were to use that word because that then leads to my next question which is going to be because we you touched briefly on the idea that you know faith or religion is kind of that taboo topic that we don't want to talk much about in secular societies how can we make faith or religion a comfortable word in a secular society gosh <laughs> uh well some practical means we we can vary our rhetoric we don't always have to use the word faith we can speak of communities of belief communities of spiritual practice places of support for human values um places and another thing to keep in mind is um let's let's be clear in in this the reach from people of faith to be better understood in society as a whole um we accept that our um religious places religious organizations are in a sense accountable to society as instruments in cohesion and well-being mm, mm. um it's a two-way street um we don't it, it's not about hey let's all kind of gang up and surge into the halls of power in wellington and um change this into a highly religious country <laughs> <laughs> It's a specter that some people apparently lose sleep over. <laughs> Where in reality, oh gosh, you know, but, but my a dear friend of mine from Thailand talks about growing up in a country that's always called a Buddhist country, but when they went to school, um, the each of the faiths um, had an opportunity to present to the students about what they believe how they practice and um, what it means for them to be in in that particular faith so uh, that gave them a healthy respect and um and an understanding of those alongside each other um without without a sense of um 
this person is different because they are of that religion. Um, mm. it, it's the knowing of each other, isn't it, Hafsa? You know? Um, it is. It is. So the development of that, we certainly can't leave it to the government and we don't because of interfaith, but we do have this massive opportunity that, 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 um, that you could say in a way that, that, that the martyrdom has offered us an opportunity to educate, um, opportunity um, to take this society to a new level of cohesion um, and to do that in a caring way. Um, it's uh, the challenge though that's in front of us at the moment is that because this word faith is so uncomfortable or, or talking about it is somehow taboo, um, we're seeing a misunderstanding uh, where, okay, uh, I don't know the mind of the attacker of March the 15th. Um, I do know that there is the white supremacy involved and a subscription to an idea of the great replacement. What I see is that that's an attack on a whole culture, if you like, um, that there's perceived threat from. Mm. Culture embodies in this context, both ethnicity and religion. So, then we have to say, well, look, the faith of a New Zealander, is it reducible to their ethnicity? Mm. Is their ethnicity reducible to their faith? I'd say to both those questions a resounding no. You know, I, I, I'm a, a convert, if you want, and we don't really have conversion in Buddhism, but I wasn't brought up Buddhist. Um, and there are, you know, more than 18 different ethnicities within the Buddhist faith in New Zealand. Um, and how many do you have in, in the Islamic faith in New Zealand? I think more than that, isn't it? Yeah, there, there are heaps. And just looking at the Shohada of 15th of March and their ethnicities points out to you that it was not their ethnicity which was targeted. It was a, a particular faith or a religion which was and the fact that the attack actually happened at a place of practice of faith emphasizes that the conversation is 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 not about and i'm not just regarding the, the idea that there is there are challenges that members of ethnic communities face but the we, we cannot ignore that religious uh, religion and religious diversity also need equal attention and equal focus. Kilda, yes, that's that is the point. And at the moment, um, the most major response um, to the Royal Commission's recommendations has been this establishment of the Ministry of Ethnic Communities. Mm. Um, Indeed, the Office of Ethnic Communities was roundly criticised in, in the Commission's report, and so um, some kind of upgrade and improvement there um, is merited. Mm -hmm. And we want to see it. Um, you know, racism is a scourge, and um, it, it's something that um, needs these same deep insights 
um, and improvement in, in cohesion and not to other. And so all of these same principles are relevant, mm-hmm. um, but to ignore the faith component in people's identity is to make a serious mistake. Mm, I'd agree. And I think we've got, we, unfortunately, we've got only time for that today, Robert. And I know we can talk about this topic for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) But I really want to thank you for the insights you brought to this discussion today. And I, I, the, the key thing that I want to take, and I would like our listeners to take back today is that, is to keep the human sharing going and and focusing on ending the matter of othering because that was one of the key things I think that you have brought up here today, Robert. So thank you very much. Thank you for the quality time, Afsa. You've been listening to Open Table on Plains FM. You can like us on Facebook and join the discussion. Podcasts of this series are available on Spotify, iTunes and the Plains FM website. Open Table has been made possible by the efforts of Lady Khadija Trust with funding provided from the Office of Ethnic Communities. Thank you for listening.